Welcome into A to Z Sports Primetime from the Superbook Sports Studios. I'm your host, Buck Rising, and I am proud, as always, to be presented to you by our friends at the Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage. Always the best in the business. Always have that Intel edge. You need to succeed at GaryAshton.com. Superbook Sports, your place to wager no matter what season it is. Download the Superbook Sports app today, and they'll match your first bet up to $1,000, win or lose. True Math Fitness, your place to get your fitness journey started. Get it on track before New Year's resolutions even come into play. And you can do so for free. Your first class free is a Middle Tennessee resident at TrueMathFitness.com. Touchdown Steelers, by the way. It's always a touchdown when you go to Two Rivers Ford, the 2023 model year Fords available right now. They always go above and beyond with award-winning customer service and quality American-made Ford vehicles at Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet. So, Steelers not struggling in the red zone tonight, or at least finding a little bit of success. They've been stopped a couple of times, kicked a couple field goals. Najee Harris just broke through. Couldn't say that of the Titans. They had the touchdown yesterday, a 69-yard gain on a reception from Ryan Tannehill to Derrick Henry. Derrick fumbles. Traylon Burks recovers in the end zone. First touchdown of Traylon Burks' career. It's a little bit fluky, but it's six points nonetheless. Then you have three more trips in the red zone. That was not a red zone trip, right? Big gain, put him in a position to score on the long play. Three red zone trips, six total points come away. So they hold you over as far as touchdowns are concerned. And this is a uh, this is a problem because the Titans' red zone offense is the best thing offensively that they do. It's been performing at a high level for the last couple of years. It has been at various points, either one or two in the league through basically the first 10 weeks of football. Yesterday, obviously, did a fair amount of damage to that, but they're still a top five red zone offense. So what went wrong yesterday is the question, and why were the Bengals able to so efficiently stifle them? We'll do your Two Rivers Ford take here. Who do you blame most for the Titans' lack of success in the red zone? It can be a player. It can be a coach. It can be a a play call. Maybe those things are intertwined, as they almost always are. But who do you blame most for the Titans' lack of success in the red zone yesterday? We'll talk about it together. It's your Two Rivers Ford take. It's made possible by Two Rivers Ford. Uh, you mean people are actually watching the Monday Night Football game, says MB? The neighborhood is on. Yeah, I mean, I it feels like I probably should just because the Colts are technically still in that godforsaken in-the-hunt graphic. So as long as they are playoff-wise alive, I guess I have to watch their games, which is terrible. Frankie Aravelo, or uh, yeah, I believe I pronounced that correctly. Forgive me if I didn't. Says Tana Limp and the offensive line are most to blame. MB agrees with the offensive line portion of things. Trey Reed also says that the offensive line was a problem, but cites Todd Downing instead. O-line is to blame, according to Christine McCord. Well, I'll tell you what I felt about it. In fact, you'll hear from Mike Vrabel on each of those three drives here in just a second, right after I remind you that Two Rivers Ford is your place to shop for a 2023 model year Ford. In fact, they are in stock with all manner of inventory right now at Two Rivers Ford. So it's never been easier for you to go to the dealership, to test drive a vehicle, to take home the vehicle, the exact vehicle that you want on the same day. Their staff 
does not work on commission, which means you're not going to feel pressured one way or the other to buy a car. They're making a paycheck whether they sell you a vehicle or not. It's a fast, easy, and fun experience anytime you shop with Two Rivers Ford. I'm a customer of theirs. I could not speak more highly about the process. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. So, it's a variety of different failures by the Titans yesterday, but the red zone is the thing that really killed them. Four-point game, three trips inside the 20, only six points to account for. Tough scene. So, you go through the ways in which they failed on each individual, each of the three red zone drives, which it was asked of Mike Vrabel today. As a matter of fact, it was the first question asked of Mike Vrabel today. Mike, in looking at the issues in the red zone yesterday on tape, uh, was there was it combination of execution, play calling, uh, how, especially for an area that you all have been traditionally pretty good at? Yeah, uh, we had an efficient run to start the drive, one drive down there. Um, you know, Ryan probably could have got the ball and you know to to Woods. You know, I think coming the play that we had for him, and then he made a decision not to. Um, which obviously is the quarterback's prerogative, you know, and then progressed on and, you know, didn't, didn't really give Chig, you know, a chance. Um, that was the one series. Um, the, the other series, we, we got pressured, you know, the, 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 the ability to, to handle blitz zero, which we've done well in the past. And it wasn't something that, that we did. Um, so, you know, we, we know that you know, we have to be, you know, much better uh, in those opportunities, and, and we have been. There's evidence for, for many years of us doing that. This year, last year, you know, only thing that matters is, is what we're going to do against you know Philly moving forward. So that's Mike Vrabel talking about the red zone, and he acknowledges, uh, you know, missed opportunities by Ryan Tannehill. That was probably the most egregious mistake that Ryan Tannehill had yesterday. It was. Uh, it was really unfortunate for them to miss out the way that they did. Uh, that is a an easy touchdown. Then Robert Woods was asked about that later on. So it's not it's not all Tannehill's fault, but Tannehill held some degree of responsibility. Also, the Bengals played kick ass defense yesterday, and I don't know how there's any way you can uh, deny that existence. It was spectacular. When Arthur left and Todd Downing took over, that's when the O-line started playing bad, says Rick. Well, I don't think that's true at all. I mean, the offensive line in 2020, that was Arthur's last year, the offensive line is the biggest reason they lost that playoff game to the uh, to the Baltimore Ravens because they just completely suffocated the left side of the line without Lawan. David Questenberry was not very good, um, and it brought their season to a dramatic end. In 2021, they did struggle as an offensive line unit, but you can't blame Todd Downing for the fact that Lawan's ACL was not right, that Nate Davis came directly into week one off of COVID uh, protocol, clearly struggled physically, dealt with multiple concussions throughout the course of the year. And obviously the solution, uh, the solution at right tackle uh, was not sufficient either. They had to continue to find different ways to get guys involved. Dylan Radens was a non-factor, which comes down to the draft. It's got nothing to do with the play caller has, I mean, let me let me not over, overstep. The play caller does have some to do with the success of the offensive line, but there is no question 
that the offensive line has been a depreciating asset basically ever since the 2019 season where that the run-left situation was as good as it's ever been, right? Derrick Henry, Taylor Lewan, Roger Saffold, Ben Jones, really clicking and moving people out of the way. They have been better in pass protection around Ryan Tannehill recently. They have suffered as a run-blocking unit, which is interesting. Ben Jones probably has something to do with that. But I think on the whole, they have they cannot have droughts in the red zone. Like That seems to be their one damning thing. And we're going to read more of your comments on this right after I remind you that A to Z Sports Primetime is presented by the Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage. The Intel edge you need to succeed. We're doing red zone intel tonight. Gary Ashton has the red zone intel in this real estate market. It's a red hot real estate market. The red zone, it's all of Nashville when it comes to real estate. And the intel you need to succeed is available to you with the official real estate agent of the Tennessee Titans of the Nashville Predators, and of this streaming show and my radio show. GaryAshton.com is where you go for your dream address without the stress or to sell your home for more. Go to GaryAshton.com. So, the Titans are still a top five red zone offense despite being held over yesterday. 66.67% of the time, they get inside the 20, they're scoring. They're behind this year only. Philadelphia, Cincinnati, Detroit and Dallas, they are better than Kansas City, than Miami, than uh, let's say the Giants. I'm looking at other teams with winning records. They're better than the Niners. They're better than the Chargers. They're better than the Jets. And they are better than the team that they beat yesterday on the season so far. They are better than the Cincinnati Bengals by a fair amount, ironically enough. It's pretty interesting to see. Uh, Cincinnati has had their own struggles this year, oh, I'm sorry, Cincinnati is, is the second team. I uh, I read that incorrectly. Either way, they tied for second with Detroit. So it's Philadelphia, Cincy and Detroit tied for two, Dallas four, Tennessee five. I apologize. I uh, I read the I read the name and then the recognition didn't kick in. Either way, Titans still a good red zone offense. Uh, our, uh, Danny Whitson says, our offensive staff's inability to adjust is just a huge problem. Well, I don't, th- I just don't think that's true. Like, I think, yeah, they bit him in the ass yesterday, but they came out in the in the Broncos game throwing the ball against the number one pass defense in the sport. You would never have thought that would be the Titans' strategy, and yet they won the game doing it. They came out against Green Bay. Derek was Derek had a decent game. He obviously threw a touchdown pass, so he was very involved. He ran for another one. He had a decent game by Derrick Henry standards, but they flipped the script. On a uh, on a Packers defense that was more susceptible to that point to the run than to the pass, and they came out slinging it. So I just I don't agree with that assessment. the The tape does not agree with that assessment. So I I get why people look at a singular result and then try and draw larger conclusions, but it's just not been so. So I yeah, there's plenty of fair criticisms of Todd Downing and the uh, and the Titans' uh, offensive coaching staff, but. Like the inability to adjust, I think they're one of the most flexible teams in football because they have to do it with a bunch of dudes who are hurt every week, and they still find ways to do it more often than not. And they've done it stylistically, different ways this season. So I I just, the film does not indicate that that's an accurate assessment. Um, And I, I leave that to smarter people than me. I can watch it a million times and have my own opinions, and then I'll talk to smarter people, coaches, and 
uh, coaches and uh, and scouts and you know smarter media people, analysts than I about this, and and that is the assessment. So that I just I think people are projecting their feelings onto what they're actually seeing as opposed to what you're seeing in real time. Adapt during the game, says Brad Simpson. That that's probably a more fair criticism. Because the run wasn't working yesterday. They went into the fourth quarter thinking, okay, Derek still, they're running Derek. It's not been successful. They're, uh, uh, let me read for you what they're, uh, what they're down and distance, uh, what they're down and, or rather what their strategy was on first down. I had a, uh, their head of PR text this to me today because he was listening to the radio show and providing some context. So first down play selection, not counting the two minute drive before halftime. They had 11 runs, seven passes on first down. The second half runs on first down uh, were not uh, for rushes of four, two, five, seven, six, and no gain. Fairly efficient. Two of the biggest pass plays came on first down as a counter to the run defense. Screen blade to 22 for 66, or rather for 69, and a throw to Burks for 51. So they weren't. Yes, they ran more than they passed on first down. And that's different than what they did against the uh, the Broncos. They passed more than they ran on first down against the Broncos. It worked for them. There's just a, there's just a question mark of, okay, how long do you stick with Derek before it's too late? Because you guys know you would absolutely drag them if they didn't use Derek Henry enough and they lost the game, right? Now, we have no idea whether that would have been the case because we have the results in hand. So why don't we do that more often, says Danny Whitson. Our two-minute offense is one of the most successful that I've seen, yet we don't go to that. And Derek is never on the field for that. Yeah, I mean, I love the King, but I'm not dissing that, and I'm not projecting. That's Look at all four losses. That's the games I'm talking about. We kept trying to do things that didn't work. You know, they can't be in in two-minute the entire game. It's just, it's not feasible. Um, There's strategic reasons why it doesn't happen that way. There's clock management reasons why it doesn't happen that way. And for the most part, they are successful. Uh, You're correct. They do seem to operate well in two minutes. Most offenses seem to operate better than under normal conventions because you got the defense on your heels. You're able to call the plays out of the same personnel groupings, and it gives you matchup advantages when guys can't sub in and out. So, yes, I understand what you're saying, but it's, it's it's not feasible. They just don't. They don't play that style. It's not sustainable for them that way. They don't have the offensive line that can pass protect that way. They are successful. They are more successful in pass protection as of late. But I don't know how that's going to change when Ben Jones comes back. I assume the rushing attack is going to get better when Ben Jones comes back. And they are completing these deep passes down the field. So the passing game is not the issue to me. It's just the idea that they completely neutralize Derek. And when you completely neutralize Derek, yeah, Titans are probably going to lose that football game. That and the pass rush was nowhere to be found other than, I think, with like under five minutes to play in the first quarter where Mario Edwards and Demarcus Walker got that sack. And then for the most part, Joe Burrow was not bothered. So let's uh, let's talk about Robert Woods and his role within this offense because he was asked that question today. The question that I will ask you regarding that is simple. How would you grade Robert Woods' uh, career as a Titan so far? A through F, real simple. You do that, and I'll tell you about the place that's always an A-plus betting experience, Superbook Sports where you go to get in on all the action. Download the app today. They will match your first bet up to $1,000, win or lose. They allow you the opportunity to take the fight to Vegas this football season. 
No, uh, no odds makers from across the pond setting lines for American sports. Just the best odds makers on the strip at the Superbook in Las Vegas. And they are offering you the best promo bets and odds boost to get in on that action for yourself. Download the Superbook Sports app today. Go to Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call the Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789. So, looking at the, uh, looking at the circumstance for the, uh, for the Tennessee Titans and Robert Woods this year, how would you grade his, his uh, career so far, understanding all the situations around him? Major Key says a C. Trey Reed believes a B plus. Frankie uh, has been pessimistic all day. He says D plus. Kedrick says D. Uh, the answer is probably somewhere in between a B plus C for Cheeks Buck. He's not a Titan next year, says Jordan Pierce. You know, let's let's hear from Robert Woods. And while you hear from Robert Woods, I'll look up his contract situation. Shall I? About what you figured as, as far as your role here, Robert, this year is just the kind of season. You expected, I mean, you had a little bit of a hand in, in trying to come here uh, as well. Is this about what you signed up for? for uh, yeah, I would say we're, we're winning and contending for playoffs. Nothing more to say about that? Winning and contending for playoffs? Everything okay, bud? Short, sweet, to the point. Robert Woods, just a, just a generally different tone. I almost threw my laptop, my bad. Just a generally different tone. Um, from Robert Woods than we've heard in previous press conferences. Now, I don't know how much to read into that. I know his his uh, wife has posted things about frust- being frustrated on her Instagram story that she deleted uh, like halfway through the Packers game. So that's, you know, stuff like that's always going to happen. It's not her fault. It's not Robert Woods' fault. It's just not a high-volume passing offense. But Robert Woods, uh, as far as his... Uh, as far as his contract is in concern, they have zero dead cap hit the rest of the way through. So likely they are not going to keep him around for $13.75 million. It just doesn't make sense. The production, um, whether it's completely his fault or not his fault, can be debated. But the production this year is not, uh, it's just, it's simply not sufficient. He's had some drops. Uh, he's gotten more opportunities of late and he started to help them convert critical third downs to his credit. But this year, 32 receptions, 351 yards, and just one touchdown. Ryan Tannehill missed him for another one probably yesterday uh, to where he, uh, he he was asked about that and was just like, yeah, you know, we're, we're going to have to look at that. And, uh, and what else is he supposed to say in that spot? He's not going to hang the quarterback out to dry. But I'd probably, give him a, I'd probably give him a C. I don't think it's all his fault, but I think there's a lot there. It's, it's also left a lot to be desired. They've uh, fared well. <laughs> I hate you so much. Explain yourself, Reed. What did you do there? It just felt necessary to interrupt you one more time on all of your points to bring in the World Cup is going on. Everybody needs to pay attention. I'm on the bandwagon with Lucas. You need to pay attention and listen to all the goals, the score, the goals being scored. So just wanted to interrupt you one more time real quick. I saw that clip today and just felt it was appropriate to play in this moment. There's not even a game going on. There's no re- the game There's is over. There's always a game going on. There's always a game. There's so- not always a game going on. I don't need to be interrupted twice today, but with the World Cup, USA plays tomorrow. 
I hope they kick Iran's ass. Other than that, I don't care. Back to the shadows. Jerk. Yeah, if you... Lucas railroading me in the middle of the radio show today uh, with the... <laughs> with, with that clip. And Reed apparently thinks it's appropriate to do the same thing. What the hell just happened, says John Spain Howard. Honestly, uh, you... You would have to go listen or uh, or listen to the podcast or the radio show for the full context of <laughs> the bit that both Reed and Lucas have pulled on me twice today, bastards. All right, let's uh, let's talk about uh, the team that's had the biggest turnaround in this NFL season in the middle of the 2021s or rather 2022 season. We will discuss at length together. You can give me your answers, and I will remind you that the situation. Uh, uh, that the situation uh, for the uh, for the primetime show is always made possible by True Math Fitness, just as your fitness goals will be made possible by True Math Fitness. They will not interrupt you. They are very courteous. They are very kind. They will go above and beyond to make sure that you are focused, not distracted, as Reed has done to me. True Math Fitness will keep you locked on on what it is that you want to physically accomplish. The workouts are never overwhelming, but they will push you to continue to achieve in an incremental pace. They are great with their individual personal training. The group classes are fantastic as well, and you can always have the open gym depending on your level of membership. Your first workout is free as a Middle Tennessee resident at truemathfitness.com. So, as we look at the uh, the team that's had the best turnaround in season, Jamal Mills with a good nominee, the Washington Commanders. There's a couple of teams that come to mind when you lay this out. Now, the Jags are probably not one of them, but they're coming off a pretty big win over Baltimore. It helps them as far as their total, their win total on the year. It helps the Titans because you're trying to keep the Ravens down from a playoff seeding standpoint. But just by nature of having Urban Meyer gone, it seems to have done wonders for the morale with the Titans' AFC South opponent. I'm so happy. I'm just like so happy for Trevor because. A, he had to deal with Urban Meyer last year as a rookie, and I don't even know if he had a rookie year. And to see the growth he's made, not just on the field, but just like his preparation, his demeanor, all that. And you knew he's, you know, when the rock breaks, it's not that one chip. It's all the chips that stacked up before that, and I'm so happy for him. That throw on fourth down to Zay was like, I knew we were winning the game, honestly. Like, I could feel it. It was so cool. And then you believed in your coach all that year. And for him to go for yeah. two, what, what was that like when he does it? The stones on that guy, it's like, I would die for Doug Peterson, I swear. <laughs> I would run into battle with Doug Peterson, 100%. I love the guy. And, um, just the his attitude, you know, it's like you go, you, you're three and seven, and it's like, you know, you want to make playoffs and stuff, and it's like he hasn't changed his attitude whatsoever. It's like we come into work, we keep working, we just keep chipping away, and eventually it's going to pay off, and it did today. And it's like the feeling in the locker room is just – awesome I, I i love this team i you, love this team you could say the same about you you haven't had the easiest go of it at times in jacksonville yep. how about the play you made to, to punch out loose i just love football i love playing football and uh you don't you don't think you don't think there's no, nothing to explain that you just go out and play and eventually you know crazy stuff like that happens it's like i practiced that for 25 years So that's Jaguar safety Andrew Wingard, who I remembered but did not. I've never seen his actual face. I, I should have recognized him from the hair. I thought it was a kicker for a while until I saw the actual television clip. Yeah, so morale seems to be high in Jacksonville. 
Trevor Lawrence did play well yesterday. He had a couple of near turnovers, uh, almost lost a fumble and almost threw an interception and route to a comeback win, but did so pretty uh, spectacularly. And Urban Meyer just always down to catch strays. That's going to do it for us tonight. Always appreciate you guys spending your time here with us. We'll get you back if you are uh, putting yourself through this Monday night football game. You can enjoy the second half. And if you are not, I hope you're doing something much more productive with your time. Either way, the radio show will be a lot of fun tomorrow. We're going to be a lot a lot of college football discussion. Auburn hiring Hugh Freeze. Dawn Davenport's going to be on the radio show, her alma mater, where she played volleyball. We're going to talk about that situation in the SEC and get you ready for the next edition of the college football playoff rankings coming off a crazy rivalry week in the sport. Have a great time uh, the rest of the night. If I don't talk to you tomorrow on the radio show at 10 a.m., primetime starts around 8 o'clock tomorrow night. See you guys. There's All right, we haven't scored a point since I came in here. I am gone, guys. What? what that's but, it? But we got a couple more questions. No, nope, that's right. it. <laughs> Peace out by the GM. <laughs> <laughs>